Welcome to the Covenant Life Church Podcast. We hope this message allows you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, that excites me so much. Amen. Praise God. So, um, we're continuing on our series on what if... And so, of course, today is uh, Life Group Launch um, Sunday, and so uh, uh, the title is appropriately titled, What If You Joined a Life Crew? <laughs> Amen. What if you joined a life crew? And so, you know, when we talk about this, um, you know, what if you did make the investment in a life crew? I don't mean just kind of casually showing up. I mean, what have you made the investment to go all in with a life group, right? What might it produce in your life? What's the potential? What's the possibility? And even greater than that, what might your participation produce in the life of somebody else? Because of your willingness to join, your willingness to be a part. Amen. And so, before we get into the message, I want to have Philip and Lindsay Cochran, come on down. You're the next, con- no, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. A few laughs from the older generation. The ones that, praise God. Hallelujah. Philip and Lindsay Cochran have been faithful, uh, uh, a faithful part, members, if you will, of Covenant Life. And uh, tell you what, we just love them and appreciate them. And they... Uh, are also greatly participate in life groups. So I'm going to let each one of them this morning, they're going to give you a quick testimony of what um, participating in the life groups have meant to them and made a difference. So who's going first? All right, Lindsay. All right. Good morning, Covenant Life. Um, I love life groups. Let me start off by saying that when they first started, um, it just, the first thing I thought about was relationship. Because, you know, you see everybody on Sunday, but how deep of a conversation can you get? How, how, how well do you get to know people on Sunday? So with life groups, the first thing I think about is connection, not only with the people of the church, but connection with God. It has greatly strengthened my relationship with God. The different groups I've been a part of, I've been a part of Freedom. Um, I've been a part of um, a Boundaries life group. There's different lots of different opportunities for you to connect with God, connect with other people, like-minded people, because we go into so many spaces in our lives where there are people who are not saved, or there are people who are saved, but just don't walk in that way. When you get into a life group and you get around like-minded people, you get to share your life with other people. So I could say a lot all day. So, (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Um, being in life groups has completely changed my life, like literally, because I remember I did freedom a couple times, but um, this past freedom, like I thought I was in a good place. Like there's times when you can feel like you're on a mountain and, or you're in a valley, but I thought I was on the mountain and I thought I was good. But um, going through freedom, it challenges you to get into the word and apply it. And it uh, found out that I have fear in my life. Like I didn't know that. So I like for 10 years, I was on night shift and my wife was like, you should go to day shift. You should go to day shift. I'm like, no, like, I'm good right now. We got bills. We can do that. I'm like working night shift. I get more. So we're good. We're in a good place. And then um, during life group, I was like, I got fear there. Like, that's a challenge right there. Like, I'm doing this out of fear. Like, I'm not listening to my wife. I'm doing this because I feel good. Like, I'm good right here. But there's more right there. So um, stepping into 
out of fear, um, actually listening to the word and listening to that um, revelation, like I completely changed from day from night shift to day shift, and just simply hold like where I went. Um, Amen. <laughs> uh, going through that whole process, like it was still like I'm going by what God's saying, so I'm praying for the right job, praying for the right position, and it led me to endoscopy, and um, just be like a few months ago. Um, I have like a diagnosis of like a colon issue. So he put me like right in where I was supposed to be, like where they're colon surgeons. <laughs> like the best one in Louisville was one coworker said, like you got the best colon surgeon, like you're working with them. <laughs> so <laughs> like if I would have stayed where I was at, like I wouldn't have been right there. He 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 makes that way. Like when you step out in faith, like he, he's got you the whole way. So, and that's just going through life group. It made Amen. A so. Praise God, praise God. Thank y'all so much, man. You know, we think of the freedom groups sometimes as, you know, freedom from addictions, which is, is true, right? But freedom is a step-by-step look into the Word of God. Like it is a study of the Word. It's not just sit around and talk about how addiction feels, and, 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 and I'm not against that. I'm just saying that freedom is actually looking at the Word and finding out what God's Word says about your freedom and your victory over anything, right? As Philip was saying, just realizing that he was afraid to make a shift. How many people live paralyzed because they're afraid of making a shift in their life that actually could make their life better? Amen. So anyway, I encourage you, if you've not been freedom to freedom, to go through it, be a part of it. It'll be a blessing to you. It'll make your relationship with God stronger, um, and it'll bring liberty and freedom that Jesus already paid for, for you to be able to walk in. Amen. Glory to God. Well, you know, years ago, um, Jill and I were leading a life group uh, for young married couples, And we had this one couple that when every time they came in, they were just like brutally honest about their relationship. I mean, like no filter, you know, we're just looking at both of them. I mean, at times, you know, the whole group is just like, we're not quite sure to do with this yet, you know, because of how just honest they were and and just simple about it. Well, it came to light um, during one of the seasons of a life group that actually came to light that he had had an affair. And, um, you know, you talk about suck the life out of a life group, you know what I'm saying? You're all sitting around and this comes to light. Um, but you know, instead of everybody pouncing on them and, and looking at him and, and I'm not saying, I'm not justifying it. So don't hear that. What I'm saying is, is instead of taking somebody who's made a grave poor mistake, choice, whatever you want to call it, what ended up happening is those couples became a support for their marriage as they went through counseling, as they went through steps to bring healing and restoration. They're they're still together today. This was years ago. They're still together today. Family's doing well, right? And they still have relationships and connections just from that one group. And so I I just want to encourage you that this is so much more than just, you know, attending something, just going in and attending and saying, I'm, I'm going to a life group. It's more than us just coming up with something for you to do during the week. 
right? It's more than, quote, a substitute for Wednesday night church. That's not what it's about. I'm going to walk you through here, uh, through the Word in just a minute, that it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, but whenever we connect to other believers, when we connect to other people, when we're willing to be vulnerable, when we're willing to be honest in our life, then we position ourselves in a place to be encouraged, to be strengthened. It, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't have to be a marital thing. It could be a situation that you're walking through with one of your children. It could be a situation on your job. It could be just a situation just that you are navigating in life period, but you're surrounded by people that can encourage and strengthen and help you in your life. And I, I loved what Lindsay said earlier, because it's easy to come and go on a Sunday. Now, I love the fact that here, the lights are going to stay on and you're going to find people talking after service for a good 30 minutes, sometimes 45, you know, sometimes could be a little longer. Amen. But we, we have a church that loves people, right? It's not just a business-oriented, come in, get your stuff, and go. But still, it's easy to come in and then to be able to leave. And, you know, when that happens, you... Uh, develop some conversation and you talk about things and you know it's it's kind of more the the hey how are you doing talk about you know maybe today talk about the super bowl that's that's kind of you know being played today um, but i'm talking about depth i'm not talking about depth i'm talking about not just coming in and listening to preaching which we need that but i want i'm going to show you uh from the word of god that there's the application of preaching has to do with relationship. It has to do with people. It has to do with, with doing life together. And so to get to know others uh, in your life, and then you have people that stand with you and believe with you. You know, I always say the larger a church gets, the smaller it has to get. Why? Because it's never meant for you to just be a number. Now, you walk in and we see faces, you see faces maybe you haven't met. It's not about you knowing everybody, but it is about you having a group of people, uh, and I'm not talking about a clique, I'm talking about people that you do life, that you have things in common, and you are able to connect with and flow with in life so that you don't have to live from a position maybe of being alone. Listen, God didn't design uh, life to be lived alone. Right? And he didn't design for it just to be you and your spouse and your kids. He designed us as the church. He designed us as a body of believers. Jesus said, I will build my church. The church belongs to Christ. Not just the global church, but every local church that names Jesus Christ as Lord, that church belongs to him. Amen. And Jesus would have never instituted, God would have never instituted the church, which is a gathering of believers that come together, they gather together on a regular basis to worship Jesus, right? To be taught the word and then to accomplish the mission. And so he would have never put the church in place if all we needed to do was just, you know, us four and no more. 
Amen? Us too and not you. You know, that, that mentality, God didn't design that for you. God designed it so that we would gather together as believers and we would work together as the body of Christ to fulfill the mission. But not only is it about serving, it's about relationship. It's about connection. And connection comes not because everybody else does all the work for you. It also requires you to do the work. Right? The Bible says a man who has friends must first show himself friendly. So you and I have to be willing to step out of our comfort, step out into a place where we can connect and try that and, and move in that direction. Right? Because as we come together, we gather together in the name of Jesus. So let's look at, this, at what the Word of God says. Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47 it says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's a, that's a good harvest that day. Amen. The day of Pentecost, what we're talking about. It says, now listen to what happened. Listen to what the people did that got saved. And not only the ones that got saved, but the 120 who were already in the upper room, they were already gathered together. They were already flowing together. It says, and they continued steadfastly. Didn't say that they just continued if it was convenient or easy, if they felt like it. No, they continued steadfastly. That means on purpose, with intentionality, in the apostles' doctrine, in their fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, all right? Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Listen, that was a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, right? Now, I've been in services where people were moved by the Spirit and brought things to the stage. And then they turned around and gave it right back out to people who needed it. I've, I've witnessed that. I've seen that. Amen. You may do that on an individual basis. That you love to bless people and you love to give and help meet the needs of somebody else. Right? But it wasn't a forced thing. Amen. This was a free will. It was by the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 46, it says, so continuing daily with one accord, that's in unity, in the temple, that would be modern day church, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So what did the early church do? They had a daily application of the things of God. They daily applied themselves to it. Now, I realize culture changes things and doesn't make things as easy, but what I want you to understand is that they met both in the temple, so they met in the church building, if you will. They met together and gathered in that place, but they also met from house to house. They came together in people's houses, or they came together in smaller settings. And so when we talk about life groups, I'm talking about 
the fact that we are gathering together is the body, and it's not a church program. It's a scriptural truth, and that's why we do it. And that's why we have it. That's why we've put that together. This isn't just something that, hey, we got together and said, hey, let's just do this. No, this is something that's in the Word, and it produces life when it's done correctly, it produces life, it produces encouragement, it produces truth, it produces teaching, it produces growth. Amen? So what if, or what could God do in you through your participation? What could God do in you? And then again, what could God do in somebody else because of your participation? The church today as a whole struggles with the tension between me, myself and I, and others, right? We all have needs. We all have things. It's not, it's not one or the other. It's both and. Jesus died for you personally. Amen? But he also died for the world. And so as we walk through this life and we go through this life, I have to look at and say, God, what do you want me to do? Not what do I feel like? What do I want? God, what do you want me to do? We've built so much of our culture around what feels good, what I, what I want to do, what I think, what I, you know, perceive. And, and it's almost like if we're not careful, it's so easy to really stop even listening to God anymore because we got our routine and we've got things down the way that we want to do them. The older I get, the more I get in my patterns and, and things that I have to be challenged and challenge those patterns. It, it's just part of life. Amen. But I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. What would be the possibility. What if you got involved in a life group? What could happen, right? And, and don't sell yourself short because God could use you to have a great impact on other people's lives. And the enemy wants you to be so you-focused and not God-focused that all you see is your deficiencies. All you see is what you can't do. All you see is the people you can't be around. All you, you see what I'm saying? See, when all we see is ourselves, we can't see God in the midst of that. So I want to encourage you this morning. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. There's power in doing life together. There's power in agreement. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth as touching or concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. It will be done. There's just something about coming together and standing together with people that you know love you and people that have your back. But listen to me, but they're people that are imperfect. It's real easy to get caught up in the weaknesses of others. 
And the Apostle Paul addressed that. He said, who are you to condemn me? Who are you to condemn me? You see, we can't go into that with a judgmental or critical attitude. We've got to go in with grace and mercy. If we talk about the grace and mercy of God towards us, right? Then as we gather together in groups, what grace and mercy are you showing towards others? It's not one-sided grace. Matter of fact, the Bible says, if you don't show mercy, you don't receive mercy. The Bible's really clear about how we walk and treat others. And I'll give you one, another thought here. Think about the, the two greatest commandments. The first one is, is what? To love the Lord your God, right? The second one is to love your neighbor. Now listen to what he said. He didn't say love your spouse, even though we're supposed to. I'm not saying not to. I want you to, to, to grasp this. He didn't say love your kids. He said love your neighbor. He said to love your neighbor. Now, we know we're supposed to love our spouse. Husbands, love your wives. Amen. We need to love our kids. But if you don't love your neighbor, I don't care how much you love your spouse and how much you love your kids, how much you love your close friends, how much you love those that love you. He said, even the world can do that. How do you love the unlovable? How do you love people that seem to be unlovable? Because that's the second greatest commandment that we have in the word of God. And when you and I participate in gatherings and come together, what I'm doing is not only am I loving myself, but I'm also loving those around me because I'm participating. I'm bringing whatever little bit of supply that I have that maybe I can be a voice of life in their life. Maybe I can be a voice of encouragement. Maybe I can be a voice of hope. Maybe my mistakes will help them not make the same mistakes. Amen? So there's something powerful that takes place. And it's amazing that in the early church, when we look at that, we see the small gathering and we see the large gathering. And I believe they're both vital. Amen? I believe they're both vital. And so if you and I will, will say, okay, God, what do you want me to do in the midst of this? Listen, I realize time and all of that, that affects things. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to get into the nitty gritty of your life. That's between you and the Lord. I just want to encourage you that with all that's in you, can you connect? Can you participate? That's why we do such a variety of groups to try and find that place of connection for you so that you can be a part, amen? And so that you can encourage and strengthen and love on others. And so if, if all you see um, is, is church or life groups as just a drain in your life, then I encourage you to adjust your attitude. I encourage you to take a look and make that adjustment. Because anytime the word is the center of something, there's life there. We can draw life, right? God knows how to squeeze every drop of life, even out of the driest of person. <laughs> Amen. It's based on expectation. It's based on you saying, okay, I'm believing that God's going to impart something to me. God's going to help me, but also God, I want you to use me. Amen. The kingdom of God is relationship. You don't even know, think about this, you don't even know that you walk in the fruit of the Spirit 
without relationship. How do you know that you're walking in love? Why? Because it's easy? Because they agree with you on everything? Because they, you ever had that friend that you were friends with, but it was always on their terms? You know what I'm saying? What about patience? How do you know about patience? Who, who rubs you the wrong way? You know what I'm saying? I heard somebody say that if, if you rub a cat uh, and it's the wrong way, just tell the cat to turn around. You know what I'm saying? That's how many relationships are. What about, what about I understand peace and joy, but what robs your peace the most? Mine is stupid drivers. It's relational. You know what I'm saying? It's relational. So when you think about the fruit of the Spirit, I can get up here and preach to you all day long, right? And the anointing will be upon my life to do that. I mean, unless I'm in gross sin and it finally fades, but God will anoint my life for your benefit, right? But it's not all about me up here telling you the word or preaching to you or teaching you. It's about the relational component, right? And that's what it is in here with each one of us. It's about how do we relate with one another? I'm not telling you you have to be best friends with everybody. I get it. I understand that. Sometimes connections just aren't there. But I'm talking about in the context of the word and coming together concerning the word of God and prayer and fellowship and, and you know, coming together over food or whatever it is. But that there's fellowship, there's the word and there's life. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you to be a part of life groups. Nobody's going to get mad at you if you don't. <laughs> We're not going to come knocking on your door and say, where were you? You know, I guess we could do that. We could just take a group of 10 people and whoever's not in one will just show up at your house and we'll have one. <laughs> just kidding. We wouldn't do that. But I want to encourage you to do that. I've got one more testimony. Where's Miss Leslie Leffler? She's going to come up and have her share a testimony here as we close out. Hey. All right. Yes, come on, lay Just it when on. It's close to lunch, yeah. Uh, I know, right? All right. So I, I will say, you know, I've been in church for a long time, and I think it's easy to be in a church and you can have one foot in and one foot out. It's easy to remain anonymous, right? You don't have to get too deep, you don't have to be stretched or challenged. And when I came here, I've never been in a church that had life groups. So when I started going to life groups, I really developed a lot of close and deep friendships, people that I'm still close to today. It wasn't like a, just we had one life group together and now we're moving on and saying good morning and how was your week and have a good week and very superficial, deep friendships. And um, about a year ago, actually almost a year ago exactly, my father um, passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. And um, I try not to get too emotional. Okay. I can't a little. I can't a little. But, um, you know, it's easy to think about childhood trauma, you know, and things that you've been through or maybe things that you've done that you shouldn't have done. And what I realized through life groups is the devil would love for me to think that I'm alone and that I don't have community, but community, what we're talking about is when you have people that will stand lock arm with you. The attacks will come, the arrows will fly, illness will come, things will challenge you, but when you are standing lock arm 
with people, that is community, and that's what I've found here. And um, the devil would love to push me off of my victory and my freedom that I am going to walk in, and that, that Jesus has done that for me. And um, shameless plug, I'm teaching a freedom group, and I'll be happy to walk in freedom with you, and Amen. we can stand lock-armed together, and that's what community is. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Mm-mm-mm. Makes all the difference. Nobody called me. Well, did you call anybody? You know what I'm saying? So this is an opportunity to connect. A lot of times our groups will rally around, bring food, visit, you know, minister to people uh, in their group. And that's the way it's designed. It's a body ministry. And that's what uh, God has designed for us to do. Amen. Hallie, how many of you got something out of that this morning? Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. We are so excited that you joined us today. For more information, go to myclc.church. Have a great day.